This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. So what do you think? Is Doug Ford bringing up relevant social issues along with concerns about the Ontario PC leadership voting process? Or is he just trying to garner attention in the final days of the leadership race? Doug Ford is one of four candidates trying to succeed Patrick Brown as Ontario PC leader. And he's also proposing some significant last-minute changes. Paper balloting, in addition or instead of electronic balloting, and a one-week extension for the campaign. He's also touting an issue which is not an issue, or at least it hasn't been in the conversations of people here in Ontario openly requiring parental permission for girls under 16 to receive an abortion. Suddenly he wants to make this an issue. Ford has also accused his rival Christine Elliott of doing a backroom deal with Patrick Brown to get Patrick Brown's supporters to vote for her. On the line with us now is Bob Richardson, former chief of staff to several liberal provincial ministers and a public relations specialist. And uh, Bob, you say you are a non Partisan advisor at this point. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I'm a well-known partisan, but I have no horse in this race. So uh, happy to give you my views. Okay, thank you for clearing that up for us. Uh, what What do you think Doug Ford is doing, or is there a strategy here at all? Well, there's definitely a strategy here. I think uh, Doug Ford from, and I've talked to a variety of people in all of the camps, uh, looked at the polling that was done by Main Street and others, and I think Doug Ford is in second place. I think he's run a very smart, nimble campaign. I think he's made a couple of mistakes, but by and large, he's been a much better candidate, I think, than he was for mayor, and quite frankly, he was a good candidate for mayor. So, uh, you know, I think he's run a decent campaign. He's behind. And the reason he is doing these two issues specifically are what is the thing that uh, that motivates the social conservative candidate uh, Tanya Grenick Allen's voters? Well, the two things that motivate them primarily are social conservative issues, abortion being one, and two, a uh, a very strong dislike of Patrick Brown. What is Doug Ford doing? He's talking about social conservative issues, and he's bringing up Patrick Brown. So he's trying to get as many as her votes as possible on the subsequent ballots. That's what this is about. It's good politics on his side, uh, but I think it also shows that he's probably uh, behind and falling even more behind uh, Christy Elliott as this process goes forward. But Bob, since we're having this conversation and you and I have the same observations, as I'm sure many Ontarians do, perhaps seeing through this manipulation of the, of the voting public, that's what it feels like to me. It doesn't feel very genuine. It feels all strategy related. Well, you know, and it's got a it's got a bit of a hail mary feel to it, to a hail mary pass feel to it mm-hmm. at this stage of the of the game too as well. And let's be honest on the abortion issue. 
for better or worse, and I'm not putting my views forward, this issue was decided as much as 30 years ago. Exactly. There's not been huge uh, changes made on the abortion issue by Mr. Mulroney when he was in office, by Mr. Harper, by Mr. Harris, not by the Klein government, not by the Wall government. So in 30 years, we've had a number of conservative governments right across the country no one's done anything about it. It's hard to take him seriously on this issue when conservatives don't take him seriously on this issue. So, as you know, as I said, for better or worse, this issue has been decided. It's a pretty transparent attempt to get a certain number of votes. We will be speaking with former Ontario Health Minister and outgoing MPP Deb Matthews later in the half hour, uh, specifically about Doug Ford making the abortion issue an issue. And First thing I thought when I heard him talk about this yesterday, like, did I miss a memo? Because exactly as you're saying, we haven't been talking about that in really in a concrete way in this province or in this country. What in terms of strategy, what issues should he be talking about? Well, you know, I think he's run a smart, nimble, populist campaign. I think he is focused hard on uh, Kathleen Wynne, which when you're running against a party, that's the type of thing that you need to do. I think he is a particularly uh, strong candidate when he talks about pocketbook issues, whether it's, uh, whether it's hydro or some of the other costs that, that have gone on. It strikes me that that is good, uh, uh, you know, a fertile territory for him. Uh, I think, uh, but I think at this stage, I think he realizes he's behind and that he's, you know, working to try to figure out best to how best to close that gap. Of course, you're welcome to call in. Zoomer Radio listeners, always welcome to weigh in here on Fight Back. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're speaking with a public affairs specialist, Bob Richardson, and we've got Gail on the line. Gail from North York. Gail, what would you like to add to the conversation? Oh, Gail's gone. Okay, you're welcome to call back, Gail. We lost you there. You hung up. Uh, What I wanted to mention to you next, uh, Bob, in terms of uh, Doug Ford's attempts to sort of change the last-minute process of of this race, he's talking about extending the deadline by a week and going to paper balloting instead of electronic balloting. There's no way any of that's going to change at this stage, is there? Well, again, when if you were ahead in a race, I've never seen a candidate who's ahead in a race ask that the race be extended and ask that the uh, the, the the method of uh, choosing the leader be changed at the eleventh uh, hour. I mean, again, he knows the answer to both of those questions. The answer is no. The party executive has been very, very clear on those issues. The party leadership has been clear on this issue. They've had some problems, but I have to say, you know, and I'm not from uh, the Conservative Party, but I have to say they've done a pretty good job running a leadership campaign in such a truncated period of time. I think if they find that there are still a lot of people to vote, I'm sure they may extend it by a couple of days, but they're not changing the technology. And by and large, it appears to be working uh, working for them. The key thing to, to see will be, did as many people vote in this leadership as voted in the last one? A number of conservatives think they're on track to hit that number. If they're far below that number, I think they'll have some decisions to make. So you're saying there could be a voting extension even with the convention set for Saturday? 
Well, they've already had two voting extensions. I'm presuming they really do not want to do that, and they'll do everything they can to try to motivate people to uh, vote and correct as many errors as they can in, in the next period of time. But if they're considerably short of of the number of people that voted last time, I think they'll have to maybe do a rethink. I don't think they'll change the technology um, or the method, but they may have to postpone by you know a week or a few days. Oh, really? So actually reschedule the convention. You could see that happening. Well, the convention really is not a convention. It's just no. uh, it, it's a it's a PR event. So I mean, you know, it's it's not the end of the world if it's rescheduled. Um, I think they will be trying to stick to their deadline as much as possible. But I think th- they want to make sure that this appears to be legitimate and is legitimate. And if the vote is too low, I, I think that's an issue that uh, any any political party would have to have a look at. You know, certainly, Bob. Last Friday on Free for All Friday here, so this. Is- quite a few days ago already, we had probably half a dozen PC members call up to say that they had voted in the online voting, uh, which opened last Friday. No problems at all. The system was really easy to navigate. So that's the kind of feedback we got. But Doug Ford seems to be getting different feedback. He says 100,000 PC party members have paid their fee, but they haven't received their envelopes. Well, you know, I think that uh, that, that take that for what it's worth. I think, first of all, no candidate has been disadvantaged by this system, from what I can see. And I've been, you know, checking online, and I did have discussions with a number of my conservative friends in in different camps. There's no single candidate that's disadvantaged by whatever some of the technical issues that are going on right now. I think that's an important number one point to make. Uh, Number two, it appears to be working for them. They have had, you know, thousands of people who have voted. Um, the various camps, if you look at social media, are inviting people out to events right across the province um, to uh, to uh, to help them vote. They're going to people's homes to help them vote. Those who perhaps maybe aren't as computer literate as uh, as uh, as some of the other as some other folks are. So it strikes me that it's it's. The system is working. Um, they're short on time, but they've been short on time throughout this entire process. So my, my sense is it's working relatively well for them, but, you know, they got a lot of work still to do. I definitely want to hear from you if you're a PC Party member, if you've made up your mind and you want to vote, but you are struggling with the online system and you have some feedback, or if you've been through the voting process already and have had a good or bad experience, the phone lines are open for one. 1-6-3-6-0-0-7-40, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, Bob, since you are a strategy expert, let's talk about the individual candidates. So we've, we've spoken about Doug Ford, where he's been, where he is, where he should go. Uh, Christine Elliott, Tanya Granick-Allen, and Caroline Mulrooney. Uh, if you could explain to us where you see them going in the final days, strategy-wise, what should they be doing to try to garner as many votes as possible? Well, I think Christine Elliott's doing what uh, she set out to do from the beginning. She has labeled herself as the unity candidate. She's labeled herself as the experienced candidate. Uh, she's labeled herself as the candidate, you know, in, in uncharted waters, I'm the person with the most experience who can bring home the victory against the Liberals. I think she's done a pretty good job at that. I think it is a much more energetic leadership than her last one was, and it appears to have you know stronger support uh, across the province. So I think she's and she hasn't 
offended any of the other three candidates. And I think she made very uh, strategic decisions off the top not to do that. Multi-candidate leadership races are about love, not war, and she has followed that rule well, and I think, uh, I think that's one of the reasons she's probably in the poll position today. Uh, Carolyn Mulroney, I think, has gotten better and better and better as you watched her through the campaign. She's obviously a, a bright, uh, talented individual. The bottom line is she just doesn't know that much about Ontario politics yet, and she's applying for the top job. So that's a big leap of faith for people to make. Some may make it, some won't. Uh, I suspect she will probably run third in this race, uh, but I think it'll be respectable, and I certainly don't think she's damaged herself at all. And I think, uh, I, and I think you know, uh, given, given the handicap of not being a member of the legislature or not being as familiar with some of the Ontario issues as as Ms. Elliott or Mr. Ford have, just because they've been around the block a little bit more, I think she's done quite well. I think uh, uh, Tanya Granick-Allen has proven herself to be a star of the sort of social conservative side of the fence or the social conservative movement. She's been very good on her feet. She was very good on her feet in both debates. Um, I don't happen to agree with her views on much, but uh, she is certainly a bright, articulate uh, a person, and it'll it'll remain even if she doesn't get a big vote, because I you know I don't think it's a well healed campaign um, with you know a lot of money and organizers and things. Um, I think she will uh, come out of this as a important voice on the social conservative side of the progressive conservative party. Okay, we're certainly happy you've joined us, Bob Richardson. We have uh, the phone lines all of a sudden are jammed, uh, perhaps with PC members. We'll find out here in a moment. Let's go to Lucille in Newcastle. Lucille, go ahead. Yes, good morning. I just wanted to say that I, uh, my husband and I both voted. Uh, we both registered. Uh, the problem we've had is we uh, use the same email. Now, on Friday, my husband got his vote. Um, the ballot, and he voted, but I'm still waiting and uh, being trying to get through. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's because you need a separate email address to. Well, I don't know because okay. uh, I did speak to someone and they said we'll open up a another email, right, and do it. I did that, but when I did that, it said my uh, verification has already been used ah. because I did register. So I guess. Um, there's some confusion there. Vote. You're two votes in the same household, but one email address. That's right. Okay. So All I right. don't know if anyone else has come up with that same problem. Well, there you go. There's a snag right there, Bob. Oh, I think there'll be a few of these sort of technical sna- sna- uh, snags, and I think, uh, I think that's one that uh, I'm sure that the party uh, organizers can, uh, can sort out. Uh, but I, I'm sure there will be multiple snags like this that need to get sorted out over the next 48 hours. It seems to me they have the mechanisms in place to do that. But, uh, but I think that's, uh, that's a very fair point that, uh, that your uh, listener just made. All right. I don't want to keep Deb Matthews waiting. Uh, outgoing MPP, former Ontario Health Minister, Deputy Premier of the province. Uh, Deb, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, I have to say, it was refreshing to see a Liberal weigh in on PC policy. You called Doug Ford's comments about abortion despicable. Tell us why. Well, this is an issue that uh, I think we've dealt with, and uh, I don't have any idea why he would be raising the issue again. But I, I tell you, we are definitely seeing, and nobody should be surprised, that conservative ideas are being raised 
in this leadership race and whether it's rolling back the minimum wage. Um, they all agree they want to do that. Um, they're burying their head in the sand when it comes to any action at, on climate change. And they're all running on doing what conservatives know how to do, and that's cut. It's $16 billion and growing in cuts that they're going to have to find. Um, and, you know, you can't cut $16 billion without drastically cutting services people rely on, particularly when it comes to health care. Now, Deb, just to confirm, you are outgoing. You are not running in the June election. That is correct. I'm not running. As an outsider looking in, are you are you free or, or do you feel like it's uh, it's appropriate for you to offer your observations about the PC leadership race? Well, yeah, I'm not a member of the PC party, no. if that's what you mean. No, no, I no, am... but I mean just as an outsider from the op- from the Liberal Party looking at this race. Oh, I'm I'm no outsider. I'm an MPP. I'm a parliamentary assistant. I'm co-chair of the campaign. Uh, no, sorry, I met an outsider to the PC party. Oh, yes, I am an outsider to the PC party. No question about that. So what are your <laughs> thoughts? Well, as I say, they're, they're finding agreement amongst the candidates that they're going to do uh, extremely conservative initiatives. Um, rolling back the minimum wage, that's taking money out of the pocket of working people in this province. They all want to do that. Um, they're in agreement that that there should be no action on climate change. And that's, you know, that's just, I, I think climate change is probably the biggest challenge of our generation. And for them to just, nobody wants to take action on it, uh, I find extremely disturbing. I think it's the responsibility of politicians, of political leaders, to actually take the kind of action that no individual can do on their own. It takes government involvement if you really want to reduce um, the pollution that uh, is destroying our planet. If you ever want to know whether climate change is real, then just ask a farmer. There isn't a farmer that wouldn't tell you that the climate is changing. The science is absolutely clear. It's because of pollutants that we are putting in the air. We need to take action, not just in Ontario, around the world. And none of these candidates are prepared to take action on climate change. No, they've all come out against the carbon tax. So the, there is not one in the field that is supportive of the carbon tax to fund promises uh, the way that Patrick Brown was moving. Exactly right. There's, so that's $4 billion uh, that he had uh, embedded in his platform that um, they're going to, who knows if they can even continue to do any of the things they said they would do. And, you know, it's also $6 billion on initiatives that we're, we're under, undertaking to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The, um, you know, I think some of your listeners would have heard about Green On. This is a terrific new program that helps people with the cost of reducing their greenhouse gas emissions, whether it's um, new windows or, uh, you know, better... Uh, uh, insulation in their homes, that money is coming from cap and trade. That money will disappear if the Conservatives are elected. All right. We're speaking with MPP Deb Matthews, Liberal MPP Deb Matthews, as well as Public Affairs Specialist Bob Richardson. I'm Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. Let's get back to the phones here. Let's see what Rita in Milton is thinking. Rita, you're on next. Hello. How are you? Fine, thanks. What do you have to add? 
Um, well, I have just received my my membership number to vote, but I have entered it three or four different ways. I don't know whether it's P zero nine zero and whether it's capital letters. I have entered it each way, and it's not accepting it. And have you and made, have you made a phone call? Frustrated. Have you made a I phone call? I called them, and there's nobody to answer the phones. Okay, well, I can see why uh, Doug Ford is saying that some people are frustrated if they're having a similar experience as you. Uh, you've vi- visited the website. Anything I else? I think so, but yeah. I, I have trouble with that too. Okay, interesting. Well, we've heard your we've heard your call for uh, the confusion there on the online balloting. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Keith in Stoville. Hi, Keith. Oh, hi. How are you doing, Jay? Fine, thanks. Jay, there's all there's all sorts of problems because with with the voting, um, you know, my wife went online. Well, you know, she uh, we put you know uh, in the leadership. Uh, we wanted to vote for the new leader of the uh, Conservatives. Right. So we joined the party. So she got her letter. It'll be about ten days ago now, and I haven't I haven't got my letter, like yet. You know, and she doesn't have her number either. That you're supposed to have a number right. or something too. She hasn't received that. So there's lots of problems with okay. it. And you know, it, it, you know, she joined us both at the same time. She got her letter. And uh, they asked her who she, who she might be voting for, and she said she's voting for Christina Elliott. Well, I'm ro- voting for, for Ford, and I didn't get my letter. So I don't know if there's something going There could be something going on. I don't know. And I know what Doug Ford's talking about. Okay, good. You Thanks. Thanks for and calling And another in. comment, okay, mm-hmm. on Deb Matthews, spoken like a true liberal, they, I, I don't know what she's talking about, where they're rolling back the uh, minimum wage. That's, I, that's, I, I've never heard that. And, I, and, and, and I've heard Doug Ford speak last night. I went to one of his rallies, and there was nothing mentioned about that. Okay, you know, let's, the, the, what, 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 what the conservatives are concerned about, the way it was brought in. Listen, everything has gone up. I go shopping. I do the shopping. And everything has gone up. And, you know, it, it could have been, been, been brought in over maybe a four-year period, a okay. dollar a year or whatever. Okay, what's wrong Keith, with that? Let's ask Deb Matthews about that. Deb, what's well, wrong Deb, with well, that? Yeah, I mean, what they've all promised to do is is roll back the increase. It's it's legislated to go to $15 on January 1st. If, uh, if the Conservatives are elected, they have all promised that they will introduce legislation that will roll back that final dollar. Okay, so they would keep it at 14, they just wouldn't go ahead with the 15. Yeah, that's already legislated. Okay, so Deb has clarified uh, the Liberal Party's position on that. Let's go to James and Fergus. Hi, James, go ahead. Um, Hey, Jane, how's it going? Fine, thanks. You're doing a great job. Thanks. And um, I'm voting for uh, Doug Ford, but I think they should extend it a few days. I got my, my envelope this morning with my code, and I finally got it, like, done, but I'm waiting for an email, that way I can vote. So they should definitely extend it because people up north, I don't think, are, are receiving other mail as fast as they down down in Toronto and stuff like that. Right. Well, your concerns are being heard, certainly. <laughs> Bob, how much, how many of these complaints will have to be registered before uh, the party seriously looks at extending some deadlines? Well, you know, I think any any party in this situation obviously wants its members to be happy. They want to make sure that the vast majority of people have had an opportunity to vote. 
Um, and, you know, m- my sense from having talked to a number of people in the various leadership camps in their party, that's, that's what they're uh, certainly going to try to do. I think they're going to try to get as much accomplished over the next couple of days prior to their present deadline as they can. But as I said, you know, if tens upon tens of thousands of people are complaining, I don't know any political party that wouldn't uh, take a look at that seriously and figure out how that problem can be fixed. Sure. And certainly if the if the leadership convention, the leadership event goes ahead on Saturday and a new leader is named, uh, Deb Matthews, what's the strategy for the Liberals? I mean, as much as you can tell us after Saturday, because that will be the election campaign, the provincial election campaign will be on as soon as that leader is announced. That's right. And, you know, we're very much focused. Uh, we have a mantra around here. It's, it's not about who we're fighting against. It's who we're fighting for. So we are very much focused on making sure people understand that, uh, that we're the party that's increasing minimum wage. Uh, we're the part, party that uh, is, uh, is making progressive decisions um, in, in all of what we are doing. So it's, uh, I think, important that, that people look really closely at what the options are. And if, if people want cuts to services, um, then the Conservative Party is their party. Deb, just before we let you go, and we thank you for your time today, you're not running for re-election. What's next for you? I'm going to take some time to think about that. What I'm uh, really focused on right now is, uh, is a good result on June the 7th. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, regardless of how people feel about your policies, I'm sure they thank you for your service. So all the best to you. Thank you. Thanks. And Bob, final comments before we change topics. And by the way, if if we haven't had a chance to get to your call, make sure you call back on Free For All Friday and offer your opinions. But Bob, your final word. Well, this uh, selection of the conservative, uh, progressive conservative leader is one for the books. Uh, I, uh, I think it has been uh, probably the most interesting race for a party leadership of uh, any of the major parties in the last uh, 30 years. I wish them uh, the best. I hope their system works, and I hope uh, we can get on with the, uh, with the choices uh, and have three good choices for Ontarians as we head into the next election. Here, here. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Nice to talk to you. Public Affairs Specialist Bob Richardson, Jane for Libby, and up next, is it time for an elderly loved one in your life to hang up the keys to the car? We talk about this very sensitive topic next, and your calls are welcome, too, at 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.